I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Ollie Davis, and I'm joined by Luke Owen, D A D. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? Fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. Everything's totally fine. Everything is awesome for you right great. now. Great. Yeah. Huh? It's great. Yeah. Just nothing. Nothing troublesome going on for you whatsoever. It's one of those calm periods in life. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, you know it's a calm period of life because you preemptively booked some time off work and then you've just had to work this week yeah. because it's not all come together. Yeah, which that's, is fine. That's fine, isn't Absolutely it? Absolutely fine. It's seven months of my life. Yeah. Eight. Eight months of my life. We were doing a big filming session yesterday that you were slightly distracted by because... You couldn't refresh your phone, and that's fine. It's fine. It's fine! (laughs) Trying to buy a house, kids. Not recommended. An email here from Alex. This is for you, Ollie. Something you said a couple of weeks ago. You're telling me that in all of the universe, which is indeed infinite, we're the only planet that has life on it. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, this is fun. This is a fun diversion. There's a... What did you say this on? I think it was about... I think I was talking to Tempest because I'd been watching some UFO documentary series. Oh, and then I I think I then said to you, have you seen the Sean Ryder one? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And maybe as a throwaway thing, I I said my admittedly totally unfounded idea (laughs) that wouldn't it be fun if we're just alone? (laughs) There is (laughs) there is no other intelligent life out there. Yeah. Um, uh, Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, in do rea- you believe in aliens? Is, well, I think that we are a very happy accident uh, as a as a species. So surely that happy accident, like if it's like one in twenty billion chance, that means there's still a chance. Oh yeah, yeah. That it might have happened <clears throat> elsewhere, probably not within our solar system. Well, have you seen all the James Webb photos? Didn't he direct Guardians of the Galaxy? No, Didn't no. He direct Spider Man. Low, low, low. <laughs> So you got your Hubbles. Mm-hmm. Old news. Oh, yeah. It's all about web now. Web, the uh, World Wide Web? No, no, the up there web. Oh. The space web. 
amongst the clouds. I don't know who James Webb is, but he's got a very important telescope named after him now. Google now. They launched it on Christmas Day. I watched the launch on my phone Uh when my lady partner's family was trying to talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the, the, the cool thing is, is it's it can see far further in space and and provide much higher def photos uh it can see so far in space it can technically see back in time wow isn't that a cool sentence that is a cool sentence yeah because light obviously is at stars that's old light you you are looking back at t- in time when you look at a night sky and that's what it's doing but with galaxies can i pose a theory to you yeah there's no like verifiable evidence that it is seeing these things. What if it's like just this colossal waste of money? They're like, I oh, just get on Photoshop and just, you know, call in ILM and we'll just get up some real good high def photos that look like other galaxies to make it look like it's actually produced something. Yeah, I mean, you, the, the la- this century so far, I would argue, has been about the dismantling of trust in respected <laughs> institutions. Why not science? Why not? So why yeah, not NASA? That last beacon of hope, where everyone actually works together across nations. Yeah, well, you know, people have always questioned NASA. Yeah, Stanley Kubrick directed that moon landing, didn't he? That's a great film. And uh, The Shining was his uh, admittance letter. <laughs> Just go on images because you've got to see. One day ago, okay, has just found the oldest galaxy we've ever seen in the universe. That's the oldest one. But what you want to see is the the image that they released where it's all of the galaxies. I do galaxy. Yeah, go plural. um, Look, okay, yeah, it's that middle one. It's that middle one on the top row. I think. Oh, oh, break record for. Every one of those pinpricks of light is a whole galaxy. No way. Is it really? This, yeah, that's amazing. That is amazing. That's amazing. Such a good Photoshop image as well. Like, <laughs> it's, it looks so clear. I'm, I'm joking, of course. of course. I do believe in other galaxies. I do believe in, But do you believe in intelligent life? Oh, no. You know what? Not even intelligent life. I, no, I, I do think that... I think there is life out there, hmm. but there's life like there's there's provable life on the moon and and on Mars and stuff because there's like dirt and things like that. So things have grown there in the past. That is life. I think I think water was there. I don't think any bacteria or any anything that would pass as a. I might be wrong there. They might have found something on Mars. I thought they found like some like maybe dirt or something. Well, dirt dirt isn't alive though. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of something else then. It's like crumbly rock stuff. Okay, hold on. If I, the problem is, if I Google, is there life on Mars, I'm just going to get David Bowie. <laughs> is there... Great song, though. It is a great song. Life on Mars. So getting the lyrics. <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, to date, no proof of past or present life has been found on Mars. Cumulative evidence suggests that during the ancient Noachian time period, the oh, surface yeah. environment on Mars had liquid water that may have been habitable for microorganisms, but habitable uh, habitable conditions do not necessarily indicate life. I was talking to Terry about this, and she went, oh yes, because of the great filter. And I said, what? <laughs> I didn't know about this theory. This idea that there's uh, any form of life can only get so far before they destroy themselves. It's called the Great Filter. So that means either we're the only ones ever to go over that filter, great for us, or we're rapidly approaching the filter and we're going to blow ourselves up imminently. Because if there is, if anyone has gotten past that filter, they would have gone in touch. 
Well, I mean, and maybe you're right because you said earlier in the office that people are now starting to reevaluate the great movie Don't Look Up. <laughs> Your words, not mine. Oh, I didn't think it was very good at all. I don't think it was good. <laughs> Anyway, we need to get into the main show here, talking about AEW Dynamite. As the comments are saying in our video today, perhaps AEW's first misstep. <laughs> get on board! <laughs> Here's the show. But, best of all, the way you can support this channel today, thematically appropriately for Shark Week, is by getting yourself Surfshark. It is the WrestleTalk VPN of choice. Surfshark.deals forward slash WT podcast. Use our promo code WT podcast for 83% off and three months free. Oh. An incredible deal, an incredible service. We use it here in the office. As I said, it is the WrestleTalk VPN of choice. My phone is using it right now. Uh, you see a little, that little, oh God, that's my WhatsApp. Uh, you see that little lock thing there? Uh-huh. It's because this isn't a trusted network for this phone. What's wrong with our office network? Well, just, you know, loads of other people share it. <gasps> You're right. Are you trying to say that there might be someone in our building? What, King Jay? Yeah. He's trying to hack into my phone right now. He's He, he knows the technology, probably. He's really good at teching. I he bet you he can hack a phone. So, so yeah. I really also need to get that installed onto my phone as well, so I can use that to encrypt my phone mm. from dastardly people like King J <laughs> and his Tekken playing. Please do check out Surfshark using the link below. Right, so bit of house news. Oh. Uh, if you can, apologies if you can hear the noise in the background. Very warm in here. We've got a fan on. Got a fan. A fan in the studio. Uh, right, so the main event of this Fighter Fest Shark Week episode kind of like i guess the main event of fighter fest overall no no there's another night of fighter fest yet no that's fight for the fallen no no no. there's fighter fest rampage oh, which is night four so yes. that will be the main event of fighter fest as a whole which i guess will be christopher daniels versus jay lethal oh ring of honor <laughs> well tna <laughs> uh but was chris jericho painmaker chris jericho versus eddie kingston in a barbed wire everywhere match there was barbed wire on three sides of the ring it's not everywhere yeah you just can't put it on you need the hard cam shot unobtruded uh, even barbed wire on justin roberts's microphone which was pretty awesome i loved all the barbed wire stuff it was gross and then you also had an added stipulation of the shark cage. Because it's Shark Week on Discovery. And all of JAS, although not all of JAS, yep. were in there to stop them interfering because this is a massive feud. It's been going, I don't want to get this wrong again, but was it Revolution that this started out? Yeah, they're the first match of Revolution. So five, six months this has been going on, started with a singles match about respect, Jericho versus Eddie. Then it exploded into these huge multi-man matches. Anarchy in the arena. Blood and guts. And now, quite beautifully, it's ending in a super stipulation one-on-one -on -one match and they can finally finish this feud. This was the final chapter. Didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, this is a feud that was all started around the fact that Eddie can't win the big one. And here he is again, not winning the big one. Mm. Uh... And what bugs me about this isn't that Eddie lost. 
Because like it's fine if the whole point of this feud was for Eddie to lose. I don't. I predict that Eddie was going to lose at Revolution because we were like, what happens to the character of Eddie if he still cannot win the big one? If Jericho was proven right, what does that do for the psyche? So like Eddie losing this feud isn't an issue whatsoever for me. Like if the, if the plan was for Eddie to lose this fine, that's fine. Jericho wins this, grand. He's the pain maker. He's undefeated in AEW or some sort of nonsense because he's a cool character. Oh, I forgot about He's still undefeated. <laughs> he's a cool character. When he's got the face paint. And it's not cool Demon Balor face paint. <laughs> no, it's not. When he's been at his eyes with his mum's mascara. Yeah. He's just like, oh, I'm a different character. You're not, though, are you? You're definitely still Chris Jericho. You've got a little hat on. <laughs> just, but now he's wearing a new hat. But anyway, so if Eddie's going to lose, then that's fine. It's after the match. Eddie throws him into this spider's web of barbed wire. And Jericho's there going like, oh, no, I'm in barbed wire. And Excalibur's like, Eddie Kingston got what he wanted. <laughs> <laughs> and he sat there. And then he sat there with his look on his face. He's like, well, who really won? Chris Jericho won. Yeah, definitely, definitely Chris, Jericho. Chris Jericho. He he for sure won this match. Needless to say, Chris Jericho had the last laugh. So I've got multiple issues with this match. Can, oh, I, yeah. just, can I just sort of start from the beginning? Please and we do. can work our way through. Mm -hmm. Loved all the barbed wire spots. Great. Loved Eddie coming out right away and just taking that microphone off Justin Roberts and started hammering. I love that he just went, it's Shark Week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, afterwards and he got on the mic. Because Eddie obviously does not give two Fs about Shark Week. <laughs> Beautiful. Love him. He feels he feels like the most real thing in wrestling, always. Um, but then, like, you know, they were wrestling, and I was like, oh, my God, I love this, that the JAS have to watch on, and they're completely helpless. That adds a really nice layer. And then they kept showing Ruby Soho at ringside, who had the lock and the controls to the shark cage. And I thought, oh, crap. Chekhov's Ruby. Yeah. So Tay Conti comes out and beats up Ruby to get to, to unlock uh, the JAS. But then Anna J comes down to stop her, playing off last week's segment where Tay Conti was like, you should be bad more. And it looks like Anna J is going to stop Tay Conti, but then she turns heel, she sides with Conti, they beat up Ruby, and they lower the cage. Yes, and then Tay Conti gets the key from Ruby Soho and then struggles to unlock. She can't unlock it. Well, I think she eventually did. Because there's no way that Jake Hager was getting through those bars. Everyone else, the skinny geeks, they can get their way through. But big muscly Jake, he was never getting through those bars. Jake Hager's still there like the the, the bad guy in X-Men. You know, he's trying to get through the bars and he turns to water. So they eventually, it takes her a little while. They have to cut away the camera because was embarrassingly showing the take on to was yeah. like, she literally hands the keys to like, Matt Minard. I'm like, can you do this? Yeah. I'm, I'm struggling here. And they get out of the cage, they run in, they bum rush Eddie Kingston and start beating him up. Oh, can I, yeah, can I bring it back? Of course you can. Why wasn't Conti in the shark cage? Um, great question. She's in the JAS. Well, she, she has to run down and interfere with Ruby Soho. Well, well, this is the thing. Anna Jay can do that. That's why it's baffling to me that like, you put all of JS in the shark cage. Oh, how can Tay Conti do this? <gasps> Anna Jay's walking out. The, She's gone to the dark side. You can't have the reveal of like the the siding with someone else. The reveal is her walking out. It serves the same purpose and yeah. it makes more sense. Yeah, it's, it's not quite who's the third man. Okay, well that that annoyed me. But then, yeah, me, me like, too. like too. you said, <laughs> everybody rushed out. And then you get all of Eddie's gang, so Blackpool Combat Club, Ortiz, uh, Ortiz, who just like 
<laughs> Absolutely. He whacked Chris Jericho with that mad ball. I mean, thankfully, yeah. it's just got boglins in it, so it doesn't yeah. hurt him much. But... It, was, it was great, though. Uh, and everyone ran in, and it was just a, a cluster. And then, but they all kind of brawled off. I'm like, okay, get back to the focus. That was annoying and overbooked, but get back to the focus of this. And then Sammy Guevara runs in while Kingston has Jericho in the stretch plump, the way he won the first match. With barbed wire. Nearly won the second match, as the blood and guts. And Sammy Guevara kicks him, kicks Kingston in the face. Jericho, barbed wire, Judas effect. One, two, three. Jericho wins, completely unsatisfying. And then Eddie is like, oh no, we're running out of time and I need to stand tall. And they, they lost their way a bit. It looked a bit clumsy. He missed the back. Like he did the spinning back fist, but Jericho was already <laughs> like a couple of steps ahead of him. So he just spun round. And yeah. like Jericho didn't sell it because Jericho didn't even see that he had attempted it. And then we got the finish, which you talked about, where I pushed him into the spider web. So I, I really, really was upset with this because the most interesting... AEW doesn't have a lot going on with it right now. Let's be honest. Like, it doesn't have many top things going on. No Punk, no Danielson, no MJF, no Adam Cole. No Kenny Omega. No Kenny Omega. Hangman Page isn't really doing anything either. So you've got this... There's no big top stories. John Mox is the champion, but I would hardly say he has a feud. Kingston was like the most exciting thing coming off Blood and Guts. That whole character beat with Claudio was fantastic. But here, it feels like we're nothing has changed. My worry is, like Excalibur's line at the end when he was like, Kingston got what he wanted, was like, well, maybe that is the end of this feud. But the way that Eddie was selling it was like, I think this feud is continuing. And I was ready for this feud to end up Blood and Guts, let alone have another match with another big stipulation i don't need to have another match with even more big stipulations so like this well this is the real real end of the feud and i suppose you could argue that like eddie's won a singles match jericho's won a single match eddie's won a group thing jericho's won a group thing so maybe like this will be the final the final 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 match to settle the differences and eddie can finally get eddie can get his win there Mm. but uh, by that point i feel like you have You've, you've lessened it by yeah. by constantly going back to this again and again and again. This feud feels like it's been booked out of order. Like how a lot of Jericho's long-term feuds have been, it is quite a consistent negative, I would say. They they both go on too long and never right, never quite feel substantial by the end of it. Can, can I, I... Oh, actually, Meltzer did that kind of speculation in the way that he actually knows something. Uh, Chris Jericho might have won to set him up for Danielson at All Out. Jericho Danielson. Hmm. Kingston Danielson's a much more interesting match. I agree. I agree. But why didn't Kingston win then? Because you'd want him to win going in against Danielson. Probably because you're doing Kingston Jericho at All Out. Mm. So here's what my fantasy booking was of this. Where you have... Because I've just been trying to think... Jericho Danielson sounds well boring. I know. <laughs> but <laughs> like, Marquee match... Danielson coming back, I'm like, oh man, Danielson coming back. Jer- There's like 20 other people I think I'd rather... It's still the Blackpool Combat Club as well, so it still feels like the same feud. Yeah. Um, imagine... Every- okay. I suppose it's still a Fermanicky in the arena, isn't it? That makes it so much worse. Cluster F. Everyone's in the ring. They've got out the shark cage. Fine, we've done that. But Jericho and Eddie... Are sort of you know they're tangled up in barbed wire everyone's brawling around them they pick themselves off the barbed wire and they're like no this is between us and they just start lobbing everyone out the ring even people who are on their team especially people who are on their team when it's kingston and then they you know they do the proper like 
go at it. They have a, a really exciting final bit, which we got there. And then when Sammy gets in, makes his return to interfere, Claudio should run in and save Eddie. Oh, that's a, that would have been a really nice fight. Yeah. But in that moment, Eddie gets distracted. Judas effect. Jericho wins. Great. So afterwards... Further, like, furthers quite a lot of characters. Exactly. Stuff, Kingston's like, what the fuck did you do to me, Claudio, again? And then you further this because I just I feel like no one's got anything. A lot of AEW right now, I, before I would always be excited. Oh, my God, what's next? Like half my excitement is <gasps> the possibility of what's coming next week. Right now, it's just oh, that was that was a really good show. I enjoyed the wrestling, but there's nothing like where are the long term stories? Yeah, I mean, certainly that next month is the month bill for all out. I don't think apart from we may get punk back. So you're going to do Punk Moxley, which is probably why Moxley hasn't got a feud at the moment. Yeah. But you could do Moxley in a, a short-term thing. Malachi Black. Just oh, perfect. Well, when they announced Brody King versus Moxley, I was like, oh, brilliant. That sets up Blackball Combat Club versus the House of Black. What mm -hmm. a fun little mini feud that can be before CM Punk comes back. But we haven't got that. So I think you're right. Like It's it's still not a bad... Like, I, I didn't particularly like this show much. There's a lot of, there was a lot of the show that I did like, but there was a lot of it I was like, eh, mm. that's not great. And this kind of really bummed me out. And I think it's just because like, Blood and Guts felt like it should have been the end of this. But also it feels like it was just the midpoint of this. And I think doing that really lessens the effect of doing Blood and Guts as a stipulation. It's like doing a Hell in a Cell match in the middle of a feud. Yeah. And yeah, stipulation fatigue is a, a big part of this. And also stipulation undermining. Yeah. The first time you've done a shark cage, everyone got out of it. You've gone against the exact thing you told well, people wouldn't happen. But I, I think, in fairness, shark cages are designed for people to get out of them. In, 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 I mean, in terms of wrestling, like no one ever really stays inside the shark cage. The whole point of the shark cage is that the heels manage to get out. Is that is that true, though? Yeah, like if Cornet gets up into a shark cage, it's just for a way to Cornet to hang above it and look really silly and goofy. Yeah, but usually it's about dropping a weapon down. Yeah, they don't get out themselves. I tell that to Enzo. Yeah, well, that's that's WWE booking, where the, the whole point of a cage match is to get people in the cage. <laughs> if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M. Com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Let's see what you all think on the Omega Chats. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them over five US dollars before the end of the show. Puckhead1994 says, Main event was way overbooked for an already overly convoluted step. That's a good point. Uh, as soon as Sammy and Tay weren't there, the finish was predictable. And a Jay Heel turn was not very well executed. Explained, it should have been Shark Boy instead. I, I would disagree on the Anna J thing. I thought actually it was executed well. And there was a reason for it. It was explained last week. And they, and they explained it on commentary as well. Beans. When I first saw this main event advertised, I thought it sounded very WCW 2000. Three steel cages. I would have expected Vince Russo to actually book it. Was such an obvious winner, but Tony Khan seemed to pull the It's a Swerve Bro card. Hashtag, where is Monday Night War Season 2, Ollie? Well, it says oil, so maybe they're looking for mm. an oil sponsorship for us. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... It's it's a it's a, stip, steps on steps there is a bit Vince Russo, but I don't think this was done to to do a swerve, bro. I actually think that Meltzer might be on the money because the reason why Danielson's on the shelf is because Jericho concussed him, so that does set up Danielson's return match against him for all out. Graham Shaw, AEW won a little Roger Rabbit last night. Jericho, do you mean to tell me you could have slipped out of the cage at any time? Garcia, not at any time, only when it was funny. I love Eddie and AEW, but that match sucked. I would say as well. Yes, the heels could have got out of the cage at any time, but they were also suspended high above the stadium. It's like, what would they would have done? They would have just fallen. They would have splattered on crowd members. <laughs> uh, the, I, the match did not suck for me. The booking sucked. Yeah, the overbooking of it is where I, where I have issue. Because I thought Jericho and Eddie worked incredibly hard and they, they really cut themselves up. Mm-hmm. Riot DR, to play Devil's Avocado, perhaps only Sammy is officially a member of JAS who was out of the cage because he was feigning still being injured, thus Tay is exempt from the cage since she's only the fiancé of a member and that's the best I got. I, I Look, Sammy can stay out, that makes sense to me, he was out injured, but Tay definitely is a JAS member. Jericho introduced them both. Yeah. Bacon Rasher. Hi, lads. Really good dynamite for me till Jericho won. That shark cage was like a really bad explosion. It's how they leave us. Also, I wondered from the review earlier how many times you can quickly say Hangman Page made the save backstage. <laughs> jam that jam. Power Packers 90. Menberg for 12 months. 
Uh, I don't mind Eddie not winning. The babyface doesn't always have to win the feud. I agree with that. That's not my issue with him not winning. It's the fact that he then stood tall at the end mm. because then it makes, well, everyone won. Yeah. Like if, if, if Jericho's winning the feud, just have Jericho win the feud. I would prefer Eddie to win. I think maddening descent Eddie is the most engaging Eddie. <laughs> but you just need to give it a reason to happen. You need to book that angle well. And yeah. it didn't. Don't mind me, I'm at work, says. This felt like old WCW. Incredible undercard and tag, borderline annoying cross-promotion, cheesy sports entertainment, gimmicks, and the elderly, well-connected talent going over than the person who should have won. Uh, Riot DR, hey yo. This main event started off so good and then just made a sharp right or left into the gutter. I'm starting to get the feeling that shark cages are a kiss of death for wrestling. This feud isn't. This feud is continuing, isn't it? Did this feel final? I'm already picturing eddie kingston kind of promo next week being like me and you jericho maybe like the big thing will be like it's me and you in a mm. singles match uh edgar carrasco member for eight months 100 percent agree eddie should have won god damn it sammy uh and then like this emoji no no, no it's it's blowing out your nose it's like oh right uh it's blowing like uh, yeah get, i don't know air out your nose you're like i'm frustrated now with that out of the way sunday was my birthday as a gift Italian me, Papa Davis. <laughs> Ollie, what? Uh, Italian me. Edgar Glasgow. <laughs> do you want to Italian uh, me? We do it together? Well, like, you know, like the scissors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Italian, Italian me. me. <laughs> uh, lastly, Ket here said, please let this feud end. It should have ended at Blood and Guts where it was at its peak. Hot take, but I'm not a fan of Eddie Kingston. His character just comes off as annoying and goofy to me. Oh, wow. Oh, well, every, everyone can have their opinion. Even if they're terrible. That's not shared by us. Uh, and Zach here said, has there actually ever been a good shark cage match? None immediately come to mind. And AEW sadly weren't able to pull one off last night. Shame. I would argue the one with Robocop. Because <laughs> Robocop was there. Uh, I, I haven't watched enough 80s wrestling to really know the shark cage, if I'm honest. So, I mean, like, the WCW stuff is really fun because Tempest and I are currently reviewing Bash to the Beach uh, 1996 for Patreon for WrestleTalk Extra. On that show, there is a match between Diamond Dallas Page and Jim Duggan. It's a taped fist match for the Lord of the Ring. It's a diamond ring that Diamond Dallas Page won in like a tournament or a battle Lovely. royal that he's now defending mm. against Jim Duggan. And I was like, man, Tony Khan just really likes WCW. And MJF and Cody. <laughs> uh, before we get in with the rest of the show, please do go over to our sponsor, Surfshark. If you click their link in the video description below, it's the best way to support us here today. Indeed, yeah, you can get not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven, not 80, but 83% off and three months free using our promo code WTPODCAST. Surfshark.deals forward slash WTPODCAST, promo code WTPODCAST. Yep, that's a VPN service. We all use it here at WrestleTalk. It's on my phone. It's amazing. Um, and it's Shark Week. It's Surf Shark Week. Surf Shark Week. So this episode of AEW Dynamite was Fighter Fest Night Two. It's Fighter Fest Night. It's Fighter Fest Week Two Night Three. I am officially over special shows done by AEW. Then you're in luck because there's one next week. It's Fight for the Fallen next week. I honestly thought in the, the start of this episode, what happened to Fight for the Fallen? That used to be a thing. And then they just, I was like, okay, of course it's next week. 
when you keep doing special show episodes, yeah. I was like, where's my normal dynamite? Well, that's in two weeks' time. That's the special show now. Uh, the opener was Brody King versus Darby Allen, who had a cracking match. This match ruled. Absolutely loved it. Brody King was like a big Brock Lesnar-style monster, and Darby Allen was like the perfect ragdoll for him to throw around. And it, it felt like it was building up for the, you know, you ragdoll Darby Allen for 95% of the match, then he comes back, hits a code red or something, and then cough and drop and gets the yeah. win. And no, Brody King just m- continued to murder him. Darby Allen had a brief comeback, and then Brody King was like, I've had enough of that. I'm back to murdering you again. And then won. He did the choke on the apron again, like he did at the Battle Royal. Darby just drops dead. Such a close 10 count. Like, Darby did not stand up until 9.7. And then he gets in the ring, and Brody's like, well, F you. And did this gonzo bomb on him. Oh, my God. It was amazing. I thought he killed... I thought he broke his neck. It I was... rewatched it, and I was like, is he okay? It, it was an incredible match, an incredible finish. I absolutely adored it. Yeah, really good stuff. Um, the But, it, you know, it's quite something. Derby, who's pretty protected generally, is being dominated by Brody King. Brody King, I would say, is not one of the top guys. I actually saw someone on Twitter say that this should have been the match before they did Brody King versus Moxley. Because mm. it really would have set up then to be like, man, like this yeah. is what he did to Derby, one of like the tippity top like one of the well protected tippity top guys. Now he's going up against Moxley. I agree. Uh after that they lured Sting down and lights cut out, Malachi Black's there. Or I love the stare off stuff between Malachi and Sting. But then Malachi misted him and then Miro came out, seemingly to make the save, but then just stood there. Yeah, so he did that promo on Rampage where he was asking his god, did you send me this devil to fight mm. or to join? And he's he's got sunglasses on, and they've got different colored lenses on them, so like darker lens and a lighter lens, the di- light and dark of Miro's personality at the moment, of like which way his god wants him to go. But we don't know whether or not he is joining House of Black or whether he is still out there to try and redeem them. We don't know, but we can make an educated guess, can't we? Can we? Well, there's three people in the House of Black. And there's... Three people in Sting and Darby Allen. If you add Miro, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, I just, I don't really. I, I mean, I, I hadn't quite put that together. But no. I am a bit, I'm a bit thick, so like, maybe <laughs> it, it is obvious to everyone else but me. But look, when Pack and Penta start <laughs> feuding with House of Black, you're probably like, hmm, it's time to bring in Eric Redmayne. Probably... <laughs> <laughs> but Pack did the same thing. He did like the bandage. Oh, I'm, I'm fooling you. I, to me, this feels like it's going to go the same way, but just with sunglasses. Well, I mean, the perhaps the intrigue for me here is because I didn't really think about that. My intrigue now is what this means for Stink. Because oh, well, the thing with, it, with, with Malachi Black, and it's kind of like the fan theories around The Fiend, which is like, oh, anyone who had a match with The Fiend has their character completely changed. Like, no, anyone that was booked against The Fiend was booked so poorly, they had <laughs> to change the character. Um, and I think with Malachi Black, they're actually doing this correctly which is that anyone he missed does have to have a change of character some of them choose to remain who they are but some have succumbed to it julia hart succumbed to the the mist pack managed to fight it off like we don't know where which way mira is mm. going to be going but now sting is listed <clears throat> we don't which way sting gonna go is sting the man who famously knows cell stuff is he gonna have some like is he gonna get a darker side sting I is don't... he gonna be the one that joins the house of black i don't think he can do full face paint 
I mean, if you if you inverse it, maybe you just go. Yeah, maybe just white white face, just <laughs> <laughs> just to be on the safe side. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I, what if he comes out as Wolfpack Sting? It's interesting. Tony Khan does love WCW. I love. You're right. That is really intriguing. I don't know how you get a more goth Sting. <laughs> but I'm here for. I'm here to find out. Exactly. Metal Sting. Yeah. So Joker Sting. Oh, Bring no. back Joker Sting from TNA. Yes, absolutely. Bonus baby. That's the answer right there. <laughs> I'm going to get you, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> we had Team Taz interrupting Cold Carter's interview. We'll get to that later. Uh, Wheeler Utah and John Moxley took on best friends in... You know, this was actually probably my favourite match of the night. Yeah, easily my favourite match of the night. Uh, well, this And it also felt like, ah, this was the Blackpool Combat Club. I was, I was enjoying before the whole JAS stuff absorbed it. Because it felt like they didn't really miss a month or even a week of dynamite. This was telling the story that Trent is very annoyed with Wheeler Utah and Chucky gets annoyed with Wheeler Utah throughout this match as well. Yeah, so Chucky was the mentor of Wheeler Utah. He was the guy that, like him and Orange Cassidy, brought Wheeler Utah into AEW while Trent was on the, the injured shelf. So he had Orange Cassidy out there on commentary as well. Didn't really add a lot, but that's because it's Orange Cassidy. Just every now and again, go like, oh, whatever. Or, mm. Yeah. Uh, but he had an amazing moment at the end of this match, which really actually sold the match even more. But he had this really like great stuff at the start of this, which was like Wheelie Utah sort of like no, I mean, him and Trent wrestling was like one thing. But when it was Utah and Chucky wrestling and it was like Chucky kept besting Wheelie Utah. So he just slapped him across the face really hard. And Trent tags in and just double legs him to take mm. him down and beat him up. There was some really excellent character stuff in this. And they had an incredible match. It was really, really great by the end. The crowd was super into Utah. They loved themselves and John Moxley. And I think the best friends will just forever be over. I actually thought the best friends were going to get the win. They did this pile drive. They took out Moxley with, what's it called, the awful waffle. And then two pile drivers on Utah... And then you to kicked out. Yeah, uh, I, I thought Regal, they might gonna William get Regal, a shot. Sorry, a shock go. upset. William Regal did a really good job mm. of that because like people, were like, oh, why he kicked out two pile drivers? But Regal's like, did you see how he cranked his neck there? That's what we taught him in the Blackpool Combat Club because that protects you when you're taking the move. So he didn't take it as much as some other people would. But you to got the win in the end because with the seat belt, which is a move that Chucky taught him. Ah, beautiful. And that's what Orange Cassidy did. and he just said on commentary. Chuck taught him that move. Mm. He took the headset off and he walked away. Oh, it was like a really good bit of like that's character. That's nice. It's a really nice bit of character yeah. moment there. And I suddenly thought, it was like, oh man, Utah retains the pure championship over Daniel Garcia. And you do Utah versus Orange Cassie in a pure rules match. Oh, I mean, Chuck is an excellent technical wrestler as well. So him, him too. Uh, that's really nice. This Honestly, this match was really good and it had all those lovely character moments weaving through it. You can just pretend... But this was where the Blackpool Combat Club always were. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Yuta got the the pin in the end, uh, which builds him for his ROH pure title defense this this weekend. Yes, this weekend. Yeah, stacked old card for Death Before Dishonor. Yeah. You know, for all for all of our, my negativity around ROH, sort of like being a bit of an albatross around mm. the AEW neck at the moment, while they don't have TV, it's a heck of a card. But it's important to note that Yuta as the champion got the win and was not pinned because AEW protect their champions unless you're a woman. <laughs> Claudio and Gresham video package. There's a dude and a... Sh it's not, it wasn't actually a dude. Sorry, that's my notes. I believe it was Nyla Rose in the shark oh, in the shark, yes. uh, outfit. Sorry, I think you were talking about Ian Riccoboni. No, like, no, no, no. But he was in the video package. There was just some guy in a shirt. That was, I was like, yeah. that's Ian Riccoboni, my friend. <laughs> 
No, you're right. There was, there was a in... clip afterwards yeah, yeah. that showed uh, Nyla with the top half of the shark thing off. Yeah. Bit of fun. Bit of fun, that. I thought it was going to play into something. I've been taught by being the elite that whenever someone comes out dressed as a big furry animal, it's Hangman Page to clear house. Well, I mean, I saw a cake in the next segment. I was like, well, Vicky Guerrero can't be far because <laughs> she's bound to go into this at some point. She can hear the cake. She can, but she's like, oh, my face needs to go into that. <laughs> This was, of course, the swerve in our glory title celebration segment. They came out and really well received. Everyone started chanting, you deserve it. Because people are into the team. I mean, you said last week that they were massively under and no one really cares about them winning the tag titles. But I think this this shows that they are. And segments like this are only going to help that. (laughs) This was a bad segment. (laughs) So yeah, both met like when Keith Lee started talking. I was like, oh. It feels so good to hear you cut a promo with gold on your shoulder. You know, it just like, it it feels like it meant something. It wasn't just a generic promo. This was great. And Swerve is amazing as well. He's just like, I'm cool. There's my other cool friend. I've got a cool friend over there. I'm like, you're so cool. Although this Kevin Gates fella, I don't know who he is um, because I'm, I'm not cool. Hmm. Uh, however, I did see a lot of people uh, on Twitter tell, tell me today that he was very recently bragging about sleeping with his cousin. And then bragged even further. He continued to do so after he found out they were related. Huh. I mean, I don't know what the laws are. Well, I mean, it's America. The moral laws. America's a wild west of them. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> it's probably encouraged. Well, you know, maybe it's just banter. But for, <laughs> for the rapping. <laughs> I just need material for yeah, the new just, album. You're just, you're just doing a battle rap. Slap with my cousin. <laughs> This is what Come Aust- back from that. This is what Austin Gunn's writing down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what happened was Mark Sterling and Tony Nese came out. Sterling's had this petition that everyone has to sign to kick Swerve out of the company. And he says, I need one more signature. Let it be. It was it Kevin Gates. Yes. The rapper, this friend. Just like, that not, does not work. Why was this petition allowed to go ahead in terms of kayfabe? Swerve's a champion. How are you going to kick him out? Why would Sterling choose one of Swerve's mates to be the final nail in his coffin? He's a comedy heel. He went into cake. He's mm-hmm. a comedy heel doing a comedy heel shtick. I love comedy. I just, you know, it needs, oh, to, it needs have to be a, funny. It needs to have a basic grounding. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I'm not disagreeing yeah. with you there. <laughs> I'm just, the reason for this is he's a comedy heel doing comedy heel shtick. Yeah. So that, yeah, usually if it's WWE, I would totally dismiss that. It's like, oh, yeah, well, that's tr- They don't understand what's funny. But AEW <laughs> do. So it was, it was peculiar that this was, yeah, so just sports entertainment I wrote at the end of my notes here, I can hear Ollie Davis shaking his head. <laughs> because the second that Mark Sterling came out, I was like, oh, this is what they did with Wardlow. Exactly what the they did. The second Wardlow won the belt, I was like, it's with you with Mark Sterling, you go. And in fairness, Strickland was already feuding with Mark Sterling and Tony Nese before they won the tag belts. It's mm. just a continuation of that. It's just that they feel so far down the card that it's almost dragging them down with them. Like yeah. this, this isn't elevating Tony Neath. This is actually dragging down Swerve Strickland. And uh, Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee basically looking and being like, this storyline is dumb and you're dumb and we're above it. Doesn't help that either. Yeah. And again, where's the direction? Like right. the, the, there's no feud, there's well, no new I, opponent. I can tell you exactly where the direction is. It's the week after Ring of Honor is done because you can't <laughs> set up FTR going for the tag belts until they finish their feud with the Briscoes. Okay. 
Um, yeah, so what happened was uh, Kevin Gates punched Tony Nese and then swerved through Kagan Sterling's face. Crowd liked it. And you I, can't, can't argue with that. I thought it was lame. Dark Order were doing a little bit with Butcher and the Blade backstage. Butcher and the Blade beat them up and then ran off as Hangman Page made the save backstage. Uh, Butcher was wearing a terrific David Bowie t-shirt. <laughs> he's, a, he's a great human being. He certainly is. Uh, Hangman Page, though, I alluded to it earlier. When you've got so many of your top stars out, why have you? Why, why is Hangman Page not in a main story? Well, I think this is the story, is that he is no longer a top guy. Well, well, have that on TV. Don't have it, like, in 30-second backstage segments. Surely that only highlights it further. It's like that he's not on TV as much as he once was. But, oh, I, the, but, that... I, but I go back to, remember the, uh, like, not argument, <clears throat> but you and I making the point of, like, the Kenny Omega story in year one of AEW is, I am no longer the best wrestler on the planet. And there was like, that just means you're having boring segments yeah. and, and not as good matches as you once were. Tell a, find a better way to tell that story. I agree. Uh, Christian Cage and Luchasaurus took on the Vasty Blondes. It was just a squash match uh, for Luchasaurus beating both Vasty Blondes in a handicap match, really. And then Christian Cage tagged himself in to come in and get the pin. And then flexed his muscles afterwards. And got on Luchasaurus's shoulders. Amazing. I absolutely love these two together. They're great. Oh, I can't wait to see what the next chapter of Luchasaurus being managed by Christian Cage is. Well, don't, don't be too down on this. Let's see what happened. Jungle Boy's music then played. And I was like, no, this is a fake out, right? This is Shawn Michaels playing Bret Hart's music. But no. Jungle Boy came out. Angry Jungle Boy isn't the most compelling facial presence, I would say, but he came down and he had a stare down with Luchasaurus. Then Luchasaurus stepped to one side and Jungle Boy chased Christian Cage up into the rafters and away. So Luchasaurus is apparently the most fickle wrestler on the AEW roster. He just sides with whoever is going to be nice to him. Like, he wanted to kill Christian Cage until Christian said a nice thing to him. Mm. And now Jungle Boy said a nice thing to him, so now he's just back with him again. Unless next week Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy challenge Christian Cage, but really Luchasaurus was always in cahoots with Christian and turns on Jungle Boy. Because I think that's going to be quite heartbreaking. I mean, it would be. I, but this segment, uh, this didn't work for me. Yeah. I, I thought, it, like, I've really, myself, <laughs> well, that was a short lived fun pairing. Like, this to me felt like a breakup of Christian and Luchasaurus. Like, because even saying on commentary, Luchasaurus has sided with Jungle mm. Boy. And I, I hope really, not. I hope not as well, because I was really enjoying this heel run for, for Luchasaurus. And if I'm, you know, if they're proven wrong next week, then so be it. But I think this then is a misstep in telling that story. Yeah, I'd take that. Uh, Gun Club, Max and uh, Austin Gunn announced it's going to be him versus Max Caster. I was like, oh, okay. And then he said, in a rap battle. And I sat forward like, yes! I've worked out the ass boys, helped by the fact that I watched the movie over the weekend. They are... Zach Efron and Dave Franco in Bad Neighbors. <laughs> yes. That's exactly who this pairing is. Mm. And I'm <laughs> I'm so excited for this rap battle on Friday. Austin Gunn, I think he's really got something. He's got so much charisma on the mic. Uh Cole Carter took on Ricky Starks for the FTW title next. Let's get the positives in there. I love Ricky Starks. So good. I'm so happy that Ricky is getting Time on the A show, especially after last week's, and he set up a match for next week. Yes, that's what I want for Starks. Unfortunately, that's all the positives. 
Wait, in the segment afterwards? Oh, well, I, I meant for the specific match. But... Oh, the match. Oh, the match was. I mean, I went and made a cup of coffee um, during the match because I saw an ad break was starting. I was like, well, I can see where this ad break is going. And I, I went and made myself a nice cup of joe. It went five minutes. Is that all? Well, with the ad break. No, I mean, like, even including yeah. the ad break, I would I would have easily said 15 because it felt like <laughs> it did. Uh, and it was pretty 50 50, which I'm like, oh, well, why? Just have Ricky dominate this mostly, or I, I felt like a fluke win at the end. I had I didn't know who Cole Carter was until I looked him up afterwards. It's the guy who was just released from NXT two times. Mm. So they, Tony D'Angelo made him swim with the sharks, and he came back for Shark Week on on Dynamite. I that's excellent. I don't know if that is the joke, but that's what we have got here anyway. Good looking lads. And it felt like, it, like it almost felt like a Vince McMahon. I was like, oh, you're a really good looking guy. Let's put you on TV. The crowd will love you because you're such a good looking guy. And this crowd were well into Ricky Starks. Mm. And anytime Cole Carter got in the offense, <laughs> Yeah, the crowd hated him. Yeah, really not into this guy. I, look, if this is a Shark Week joke, amazing. Uh, but really that would have been over night. So many people's heads, it's not worth doing. It was over my head until I heard it after I'd watched the episode. I don't think it's the best look for AEW to immediately get someone on their A show the month after he's been released by WWE for failing a drug test. Oh, is that why he was fired? Yeah. Oh, right, well, that's not great at all. I just, especially with all the Jeff Hardy stuff. Yeah, there's a, there's a hundred other people you could have put in this position. And it's not like he's this amazing, super over NXT original wrestler. He's a lad. When he was first introduced in the backstage, in the interview segment, I had to rewind it because I missed his name. There are so many people on your roster that could have had this position, which would have made Ricky Starks' win feel a lot more credible. Completely. I thought this was baffling. Yeah, not, not what I would have done. And I guess it is just for the joke of he was swimming with the fishes and now he's out for shark week like if that's the reason then i said the joke doesn't work well enough for that to matter and i don't even know if that was the intent i'm sure it'll be a, a hilarious being the elite <laughs> uh ricky afterwards says i want another challenger that was barely a challenge and I thought, in which case, you should have squashed him in 30 seconds Agreed. then. And then Danhausen comes out to answer. Uh, and Ricky says, well, that's eh, going to be next week. <laughs> Danhausen's for sure winning the belt next week. Uh, so the, it's the FTW title, so it can yeah. move around. Well, here's... And, the, and here's the reason why. Okay. They were talking about <laughs> so much on commentary how there's only been four champions in the FTW history, Taz, Sabu, Brian Cage, and Ricky Starks. And they were like, he's been champion for over a year. Only four men have had that. Team Taz. Ricky Starks will hold that belt forever. Dan Housen comes down. I'm like, that man's winning that belt next week. Starks, yet yeah, longest reigning FTW champion. I have another theory. It's not mine. It's something I read somewhere. I can't remember where, unfortunately. So sorry, there's no credit. Dan Housen loses... Team Taz beat up, beat, continued to beat him up afterwards. Oh, and Hook. Hook comes out. <gasps> and Hook versus Starks for the FTW title is your program. Son of... That's better. That's the one, isn't it? Yeah, that is better. You get, you get a title on Hook that he never has to really defend. It's like the perfect... <laughs> I mean, you could do it all that, like, of yeah. Hook, uh, Hookhausen versus Team Taz. Mm. Um, I like that so much better. 
Statlander, Athena, and well, anyway, Nightingale had a promo. I've just written here. I love how crap the Shark Week ad is. <laughs> the little, the little graphic we got when an, the show went on break on yeah. the fight feed. It's like a little shark here, a little shark here, and it goes <laughs> to the camera. Awful. Potentially the segment of the whole show, the FTR promo. Oh, we just skipping over that interview segment. I mean, no, nothing was said, so I suppose you're right. Yeah, yeah, fine. <laughs> this was the best thing on the show. So FTR came out. Probably the most overact in the company, the way the here's, crowd reacted. Here's my first note, Olive Davis. You'll like this note. Tony Schiavone's in the ring with FTR. Yeah, maybe they should be the tag team champions. Thank you. Uh, they've got all the belts on. The crowd are going nuts. Cash Wheeler just says, oh, just thank you. I'm not going to get used to these. I'll never get used to it. And everyone was like, you should do. We love you. It was, it was really, really good. And then Dax cut one of the promos of the year. And it was so succinct. You know, it wasn't like this 10-minute MJF pipe bomb. It probably went 45 seconds to a minute. And it was, let me tell you a little story about a little girl, a five-year-old girl who had a hole in her heart. And the doctor said, you might have to have heart surgery, which is very dangerous for a young girl. But if you work really hard at it, it might heal up. And then three years later, she went and the doctor said, it's healed itself. So this Sunday at ROH... I'm going to fight like an eight-year-old girl. Just, I mean, I think people had kind of figured out when he was telling the story, but he punctuated it was like, that girl's my daughter. Oh, yeah, of course. The most important part I probably yeah. left out. And, you know, she worked that hard for her heart. These are my hearts, so I'm going to fight like this and bring these titles back home. And yeah, and I love that line. This Saturday, a death before Dasana, I'm going to fight like an eight-year-old girl. And it's the most badass oh, thing to so say good. the way it's set up. I loved it so much. Wrestler of the year, Dax Harwood. I said it in my review. It felt like the scene in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 when... Uh, oh, God, what's his name? Uh, oh, my... No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Mike, I got to think it's Craglin. And I was like, no, that's the, that's the other guy. <laughs> Star-Lord. Mary Poppins, y'all. Star-Lord... Do you, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. It isn't, and I, it's annoying me that Is I can't even say That's why I'm waiting for the Yondu. Thank you. Yondu. Yondu's flying down, and uh, Star Lord goes, You look like Mary Poppins because he's got the little umbrella. Is he cool? Yeah, he is cool. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> I'm going to fight like an eight year old girl. That was perfect. Put a, it on a t shirt. A plus material. I legit did it. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people did. Uh, Jay Lethal, on the other hand, he's cutting the same promo as always. Yeah, no, but I, I enjoyed this one because Christopher Daniels walks in. And he's just like, goes, I'd have been Samoa Joe already if he showed up for work. And Christopher Daniels walks in and he's like, well, I'm challenging you to a match on Rampage. And Jay, he walks away and he's like, he's coming to my TV time. Mm. Come to my TV time. I, I, I like Jay Lethal. I like Sanjay Dutt and I like this partner, this trio that they've got. It's going nowhere. Uh, and I don't think he's going to win this, uh, this Saturday either. But, you know, hey. At least it'll be the end of that feud. And then Ring of Honor, they'll announce a Ring of Honor TV deal at the pay-per-view, and this won't be on Dynamite ever again. It's, it's done absolutely nothing. Imagine closing a show with that Satnam Singh angle, and then this is all you've done afterwards. Yeah, a match on Rampage. Jade Cargill and the bad... Uh, sorry, just one baddie. Sorry, Jade Cargill and Kira Hogan took on Athena and Willow Nightingale. Chris Statlander was banned from ringside because Layla Gray was not allowed to compete. Yeah, this was supposed to be a six-woman mm. and they made it a tag match instead. This was so much fun. I thought Nightingale's got so much charisma. Cargill's got so much charisma. I was loving everything they did. 
But then when Athena got in the ring in the final half, her and Cargill, I was like, I didn't know I wanted this match so much. I think they've actually built this really, yeah. really well. I think they've done a really great job with Jade versus Athena. And I think Athena feels like the first person that genuinely could be a threat to Jade Cargill and winning that belt. And I think they've done a sterling job, actually, a Mark Sterling job hmm. of, of building this feud. And I actually, the promo that earlier where it's like, I'm going to get that TBS championship. I think you should go for the women's title. And actually, like, Snatlander's reaction to that was like, oh, I guess it's not quite what I had in mind, actually, because she really wants to beat Jade. She wants to be the first person. So I think they've now set up some mm. nice tension between the two of those as well. So actually, might be one of the best storylines in AEW at the moment, but because it's only given one yeah. segment every three weeks. It doesn't feel like it's a big deal. Uh, there was this great spot where uh, Jade Cargill kipped up cocky, but behind her, Athena then kips up as well. It was really good, but Hathaway distracted Athena, Cargill took her out, and then pinned Nightingale in the ring, as it should have been. Yeah. Um, then backstage, we have a Thunderstorm promo again, which was interrupted by Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter again. Yeah, and they're having a match this Friday, Baker and Hater, that is, uh, probably against the Renegade Twins. Can I... So this is the last thing we'll talk about because we've already spoke about the main event. That's the show. There's a lot of women's teams suddenly forming. Yeah, they're going to introduce some more belts. Anna Jay and Tay Conti. Yeah. Thunderstorm, Statlander and Athena. The baddies. The baddies. Uh -huh. Like, they're all coming up. And I'm like, what? in what world do you think it's a a good idea to have more belts, let alone more women's belts for a division that's already severely underserved. Because Tony loves belts. Here's how I think you could, it can work. Imagine if this is actually all building to a couple of months time when Banks and Naomi show up in AEW with some women's belts. Or they, or they can't have got the women's belts. They, can't, they gave them to John Laurinaitis. Well, no. Legally. Buy replica ones. <laughs> legally, you couldn't do that. They are not WWE branded. They are just women's championship belts okay. that they've got and made themselves. We are the women's tag team champions. And they just say that. So the the only downside to you, because I like your theory, I mm. love this sort of fantasy booking thing, it's that can't do that until next year. Because Sasha can't legally allowed to wrestle for a company until next year. Like that's the new report that's come out. It's also what I'd heard previously to mm. that surely it's 90 days no 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 it was in like there's something with her contract she's got like a massive no, non-compete clause oh, so she can't wrestle with anyone else until 2023 okay well AEW that's relatively short for them well, the absolutely I, and, you know, and time moves so quickly now that we're so much older <laughs> so that would be absolutely fine mm. um, I mean you, you love the fact that they've got more belts added in they announced another match for Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor that's bringing back the six man tag belts <sighs> which means we've now got the Ring of Honor six man tag belts and one of the rumors for All Out is that we're going to be introducing the trios titles yeah good job we had that All Atlantic championship as well mm. there's so much TV time to devote to all of these and get them over Wardlow's doing a great job with that TNT title <sighs> Well, that what, was what the you, show. What, would you, what did you score it? I gave it the second lowest of the year. I gave it 70%. So three out of five, essentially. Well, yeah. th 3.5 out of five. Yeah, this was a, a, a bang average episode of Dynamite. Uh, I didn't love it. There was a few things I thought, like, that's not great. It's the first Dynamite I've had in a while where I've ended up being like, that wasn't that great. I'll still can't wait for next week. Mm. And, I'll, and I'll probably enjoy Rampage as well. <laughs>
before we get on with our remaining Omega Chats, let's say thank you to our wonderful Pledge Hammers on Patreon, King R.K. Jones. Ross, Hooper, Scooper, Cooper. Rue the day, Rari. Rari? Rari O'Brien Kelly. The man with the scoops, Sean. The torrential tribute, Spencer Vaughn Hagen. The Pharaoh, Stephen Mazafaro. Steve Howland, if you hear me. The incredible Tarzo. The pin particle, Terry Hankamer. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. Ha, the Rick Patch. The superior dinosaur, Tom Greatorex. And lastly, for this Hall of Fame class, on July 21st, 2022, Tony Jabroni. <laughs> You are currently recording the WrestleTalk Extra. Yep, we have just finished burying uh, Disco Inferno <laughs> for 20 minutes. Um, so enjoy that because Dean Malenko had to drag a good match out of him. Uh, what a guy. Oh, probably the second best match on the card because Dean Malenko is so good. Um, but yeah, so we just finished recording that. We've got the other half of the show to do. We're just about to get to a Steve McMichael match. So, Mongo. Yeah, we're reviewing Bash of the Beach 1996. That'll be available next Wednesday at patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk. Right, let's get to our remaining Omega chats. Bacon Rasher. Hi again, lads. So you're not even going to try... You're not even going to try Hangman Page made the save backstage? I said it a bunch of times. But he's asking how many times can you say it? Hangman Page made the save backstage. 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 This isn't red lorry, yellow lorry, blue lorry, which I struggle with. I'm not angry, just disappointed. Also, is it just me when Keith Lee's music hits, I get goosebumps? Love Swerve and Leah's champions. Shame about last night's booking for them. So Adam was walking around the office yesterday, just shouting, "Out of the front!" I just go like, "What's the uh, the start of it?" The um, it basically just kept singing Keith Lee's uh, theme song throughout the office, and uh, I happened to mention offhandedly that oh, Ollie thinks they're terrible tag team champions. <laughs> and Adam said, "Why would you do that?" And he said, "Well, they're just two singles guys thrown together." And I said, "You know, like Hangman Page and Kenny Omega." And you made the good point of. I don't think this is as thought out as Hangman mm. versus Kenny Omega was, which may be very true. Did you see Strange Shane Strickland's podcast thing that he was a promo he cut on like wrestling internet and stuff? Oh no, he's on his podcast. He was talking about like, yeah, people seem to be really like disappointed that me and Keith have got the belts because we're just two singles guys thrown together. But someone seemed to be that disappointed when it was Kenny Omega and Hangman <laughs> Page. And he said, and like, he was like, oh, you listen. He's like, oh yeah, I hear you, Fightful JD. I I hear you. Like, and he named he didn't name us, but I was like, he must have seen. Either you on this podcast or you on the review, yeah. sort of about how they were your third option to win the belts. I'd, I still like it, but yeah. Uh, Charles Berg. In 1977, in the fifth season of Happy Days, Fonzie famously jumped over a shark in water skis. This has been your AEW Shark Week fact. Also, did you know there are zero reported deaths when divers are in shark cages? That's That has been your AEW Shark Cage fact. Yeah, it was where the term jump the shark comes from. They tried to replace it in the last few years with nuked the fridge, mm. but it didn't take off. I wonder if this was AEW's week where it jumped the shark no. with overbooking. No. Kevin, I've shared this before, but I never cried watching wrestling before the tribute show for Brody Lee, and I never did since. But Dax Effin Harwood had me in tears listening to his story. This is how much winning means to him because because wins and losses matter. During the Varsity Blondes entrance, Excalibur said, Christian isn't the only one who thinks Griffin 
Jungle Boy looked similar. Do you know who the other one was? It, it was, was MJF. I don't think there has been any MJF reference, even subtle ones, since he left. Uh, and Punk beats Moxer all out. This is fancy booking. Yeah. Then Omega's music hits. Out comes the invisible handjob. Don Callis to brag about Omega. From behind, a hooded figure attacks Punk. Everyone thinks it's Kenny, but it's MJF who spits on the belt and walks out a la Aries. Don't mind it, mate. It's big. I'll hot tag to you. Swaggle Boone said, if MJF's work shoot walkout uh, firing was meant to build anticipation for him, either by AEW or Max himself, it hasn't worked for me. I haven't missed him on TV at all, and I've forgotten about him until Ollie's review mentioned him. What's the end game here? I would argue, Swaggle Boone, like, <coughs> and this is, it's really funny, isn't it, with, with wrestling fans, and I don't, I don't hate to generalise, but when CM Punk walked out after Money in the Bank 2011, WB brought him back two weeks later. No one was like, that's far too soon mm. to be bringing someone back. You really need to keep them off TV for months on end to really build anticipation. So that's what they've done here. They've kept them off TV for months. People are like, now you've gone on too long. <laughs> Should have brought him back two weeks later. No, I, I I agree. I think keep him off TV for as long as possible. Lot, keep him off for even longer than this. Like, you know, the, the ultra chat we had above uh, from Kevin saying all out seems like a really good time. But yeah, I keep him off TV for much, much longer. It's just difficult because they, they're missing so many top guys at the same time. Yeah. Puckhead 1994. Luchasaurus had his Airbud moment, siding with good instead of evil. Luchasaurus <laughs> and Jungle Boy may be on different paths for now, but they'll always be a boy and his dinosaur. Also, Tarzan Boy may not be the best chasing music, <laughs> but it is still a banger. Andrew the Last Airbender. Ollie had a well thought out and valid criticism. Can't wait for him to be torn to shred in the comments. Speaking of valid criticisms, I love AEW. I love various hardcore matches. With the amount of injuries, however, should they decrease the frequency? People aren't really getting... Oh, I know that's a lie, actually, because Santana was blood and guts. Danielson was the anarchy in the arena. There's an argument it, for it. I think it's, a, it's freak accidents. I think in some mm. cases, though, particularly like Santana in Blood and Guts. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, funny enough, when uh, the match started, my wife said to me, it was like, like, I get why wrestling does this because it's the freak show carnival thing and it's often shown signs of toughness. But she looked at the blah and she was like, do we need this in 2022? Yes. That was my argument, but she left the room. <laughs> Westhead 90 with my child. Uh, would you rather see Butcher join the House of Black or Blackpool Combat Club? Or if neither, what's your fantasy booking to elevate him? Guys, unreal. Love you both. Love the channel. Going to Vegas on Monday. Any roulette numbers for me? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Nine. Two. Uh, yeah, Butcher, I, I don't know. I love him too, but I don't really see him as a guy who's ever going to get into... You know, even even a decently mid-card spot, mm -hmm. unfortunately. So I don't know, but he would suit House of Blackmore in my mind. Travis Griffin, super excited for my first Dynamite next week. I get to watch Dan Housen wrestle. I can't wait for the rest of the card to be announced. You guys rock. Jam that jam. Andrew Duggerty said, call me old-fashioned, but I agree with JR objecting to Jade Cargill calling herself the B-word. I used to end folks over calling my sister that. But she's owning it. Yeah. She's a bad B. You see JR getting thirsty on Natalia's sister. <laughs> yes, I did. Mm. Was it? What was it? Is her sister or was it Natalia? I don't know. What I, I looked away as soon as I, <laughs> I like, cringed into oblivion. You're on a tread. I was like, oh my god, I can't yeah. be seen looking <laughs> at this. Flaky, hello lads. I love most of this show. The main event was meh. I usually skip the women's matches because AEW made me not care, but I watched the Nightingale stuff. She's my favourite female wrestler. Also, I adored Christian's uh, Christian's new shirt. Worked everyone. I didn't see that. Yeah, it's on the graphic on the screens and everything. Brilliant. So good. And also love Nightingale. 
Right, dear. I love Thunder Rosa because she doesn't feel like the top woman in AEW. Maybe it's the 30 seconds of TV time or that her segments seem to be like Groundhog Day. Jade Cargill has been portrayed and booked like the true final boss. What is the TBS title? At the moment, it feels far more important than the women's. Absolutely, it does. Kyle McIver said, It was an okay show for me, but there's a million times better than anything WWE has done in years. I know everyone loves AEW, but there are things I don't care for. I love your show, and I'll always watch and listen. Jam that jam. Thanks, Kyle. Noah Fortner, I hope you guys are having a lovely day. Fun fact, the rapper that punched <laughs> Kevin Neese once unknowingly dated his cousin for two years. Yeah. Well, you know, if, if it was unknowingly... That's, he that's the way it is. Apparently, he bragged about continuing it afterwards after he found out as well. Well, they probably developed real lovely feelings for each other. Lovely feelings. It's I, it's not a problem unless you're reproducing, right? I mean, I don't know. As I said, I, I feel like though. the wild world, like it's it's a lawless country, America. Like it probably allow uh, people to be like, yeah, it's, like, I encourage you. There's probably TV adverts telling you to do it. Keep the bloodline pure. <laughs> Plasma PD. Also, I'm glad Tony Khan is finally acknowledging the ROH six-man titles, despite the build for Death Before Dishonor being not so great. Especially since I won't be able to watch it on Honor Club. Oh, is that true? I thought it. I thought it was on Honor Club. No, it's on Fight and BR. Okay. This is probably because they've got to the deal with BR. Yeah. Plasma PD. Morning, Russell Talk. I thought the main event on Dynamite was underwhelming due to the stipulation not being. Not maybe not being adhered to. Maybe. I mean. I guess the shark cage. Shark thing. cage, yeah. Uh, also, hip hop legend Jer Jermaine Dupree getting that kind of pop in Atlanta is sad because someone thought that last night's crowd was the right crowd for him. I don't get the references. Neither do I. I didn't even know they were in Atlanta. I'm sorry. Right, DR. Did we need the Carter debut on the super special Grand Prix Dynamite? Did we need that much time? I may just be upset that I didn't get to experience Willow's Nightingale's entrance. By the way, didn't know he was two dimes until this morning, which might be worse. Mm -hmm. Neither did I until after the match. Omar Jose said, I know I wasn't the... Uh, I know it... I know I wasn't that big of a moment, but I popped hard for Jungle Boy coming back. Then again, Religiosaurus led him through. My wife said in the most loving of ways that I'm a huge nerd. How I bagged my hot-ass wife will remain a mystery <laughs> to me. That's the comment, not me projecting. Oh, uh, good for you, Omar. Um, projecting onto my own life, I should say. Mark, uh, first time Omega Chad here. I recently was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. Oh. Rest Talk and its network of channels have done so much to keep my mood up. Thank you all. Oh, thanks, Mark. And lastly, Jay here said, just want to congratulate No Rolls Barred on receiving 100,000 subs. I love wrestling, but that content is now my absolute favorite stuff you all make. Yeah, Mine everyone, too. go and check out No Rolls Barred. Uh, it's great. It is great. Adam and Sully are getting absolutely smashed right now yeah. to film their new video. We yeah. won't say what it is. So Adam was booked for two things today. He was booked to do Fan Quiz or Mania, and he was booked to do the Sunday News List video. He is doing neither of them because he's getting hammered in drafts instead playing battleships. On on the company dial. <laughs> so Pete was like, well, I guess I'm doing the list then. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, everybody, ever so much for tuning in today and for all your wonderful Omega chats. But that's all we've got time for. Please, click out. Uh, click out. Click, click out. Click out. Click the link in the video description below to check out our wonderful sponsor, Surfshark. They, it's the best way to support this channel. And we've got the result of the poll. We do. We appear to be a bit out of step here. 3% voted 1 out of 4. 14% voted 4 out of 4. 22% voted 2 out of 4. 61% voted 3 out of 4. Well, I'm glad everyone enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, usually there is more 4 out of 4 led. Mm. So I think this is like the first time we've really seen a, a huge dip off that. But yeah, people seem to enjoy the show more than we did. So, lovely. <laughs>
touch here to mm. say, uh, hello, gents. Hope this email finds you well. Actually, I mean, do you remember Blake Ham? Of course I remember Blake Ham. It's the greatest name ever. Yeah. Hello, gents. Hope this email finds you before the UK spontaneously combusts. Haven't been to Texas my whole life. I'm no stranger to 100 degree weather. From the end of May to the beginning of September, most of our days consist of 100 degree plus weather, which is 38 degrees, with a heat index of up to 115 degrees, 46 Celsius. But one thing I've noticed over the years of listening to Yarl is that air conditioning doesn't seem to be common in the UK. In America, central heat and air is pretty much in every home, so I've always assumed that every civilized country would also be the norm. Is there a reason for a less common utility in the UK? What about the winters? Do y'all have heaters at the very least? Sincerely, a very confused Texan. That is so American. <laughs> I just assumed everywhere else in the world was like us. It was like you had the, all the same things we do. We're civilized. <laughs> I guess you're si I assumed you're civilized. Where's your aircon units? We have lucky charms. I'm just going to presume you also have lucky charms. Uh, it's only hot for a very short time yeah. in a year. It's like a week max. And it's only been a problem for about four years. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, the entire culture and nation hasn't caught up to the fact that we need more aircon. And you know what? To be honest, we don't need more aircon because it's an utter waste for... 51 weeks of the year uh, we probably just need different building constructions my uh my big bold claim is that like n the next set of new build estates that we'll get in the uk <laughs> will have aircon in them yeah, yeah yeah probably despite the fact that you're right they will be more or less useless for 51 weeks of the year i think they will be built with aircon as standard which isn't a standard because we're more of a cold country our houses are built to insulate heat which means that our houses actually just trap all of the hot heat that we have in this country with our very thick walls, our very thick windows, our very thick doors that are usually just trying to keep the heat in. I blame Greta. <laughs> she was like... Always Greta! It's Greta Thunberg again saying, insulate your homes. Like, okay, Greta, I'll do that. Oh, but now I'm boiling. <laughs> Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I've, I live in a cold country. I've, se I've said it to you to cook yourselves alive for a week <laughs> of the year. City like, so I've got, I have a new build house. Mm. When I, if you shut a door and then you go downstairs, like the following day, it is like walking into an oven. You probably open that door and this heat just jumps back out at you. Every delivery driver who comes up to my floor, I'm on the third floor, the shared corridor between us, all, all the rooms are hot. But this has no windows or ventilation. It is scorching in there, even in the winter. Every single one of them always goes, Oh, it's hot in here, isn't it? <laughs> I get that five times a week. So Andy Datsun coming around to yours, is he? <laughs> I get it, Andy. We're all also hot. Uh, as well as the question, do we have heaters? Yes. Oh, yeah, we we're great a, with heaters. Great. Oh, man, I've got radiators in every room of the house. We Hot water bottles? Bust them out. Uh, I don't. I don't bother with hot water bottles. In the same way, like my wife had um, on that Tuesday in particular, she had uh, bottles of water that she put in the freezer like all day, and then nice. in at night, sort of wrapped them up in a sheet and sort of hugged them as a cold water bottle. That was fine. I just didn't wear a sheet. Yeah, but you're weirdly insulated from any form of discomfort. But I do recognise that it's hot. But do 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 do. That's Luke going through <laughs> any weather condition. Do 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 do. Ice. Hailing on him sideways. I recognise that it's cold. I recognise that it's hot. I'm just not bothered. You've transcended weather. 
you see weather as an emotion. It's just not attached to you. It's just a passing I'm, moment. I'm hot now. I'm sweating mm. as we speak now. My t-shirt is clinging to me because this is a very small room with no windows and two two deadbolt doors that are closed to double the soundproof for us. It's hot in this room, but I'm just not asked. Just just get on with it. I'm happy for you. Thanks, bud. You know, maybe more. I don't. I don't even want more people to be like me because it's hellish. It's actually much better to let your feelings be known. Anyway, that's all we've got time for on this edition of the podcast. Thank you so much for all of your emails. Um, apologies if the uh, noise from the uh, heater... What noise? Fan, that's what it is. It's the opposite of a heater. Um, has disrupted you, but I think it'll be okay. Um, but we are back tomorrow. It is Andy and Denise doing the Team Danuke show. And then Pete and Tempest are back on Saturday to review SmackDown and Rampage. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.